Hi, and welcome to Mumspire, your go-to place for inspiration, information, and great tips on how you can become a happier and healthier mum. My name is Anna Maria, and I'm your host. I work as a naturopath, nutritionist, herbalist, doula, and yoga instructor. But most importantly, I'm a fellow mum. Welcome back. Today I'm going to talk about how you can be more resilient as a parent. Some things will never change. Children will be children. They're going to throw tantrums. We're going to have to be learn to be adaptable and to be flexible and to somehow just take a deep breath and find a new way to sort out whatever it is that we have to get done in the day. But when you find yourself frequently feeling overwhelmed, frequently feeling like, my goodness, I'm totally compromising what I need. Where are my needs? Are they even being looked after? When you're finding yourself snapping at your children, maybe yelling at your children, losing the plot, basically, maybe it's the way your partner comes home in the evening and asks you how your day was, the tone of the voice, the way it was said, or maybe it's that the rice boils over when you cook dinner. It can be the smallest things that is the final straw. If you recognize this, and look, I think we all do. We all have these moments where we go, this is enough. I've had it. But it's typically due to an accumulation of things that has been happening in the background. And we haven't paid attention or we haven't dealt with them. We may have been very conscious that, oh, here we go again. Another thing. Oh, here we go again. The kids are screaming. Oh, here we go again. But when it's continuously not being dealt with, we're going to eventually blow up because let's face it, you're human, you have needs and that's really fair enough. But what I want to talk about is how we can minimize that feeling of being compromised, that lack of being resilient, the lack of being grounded, the lack of being able to just soften your shoulders, take another deep breath and not really let it get to you. The importance of that, I think, is extraordinary because when we can come from a place of parenting that is somewhat cool, calm and collected, <laughs> we can deal with so many more things in a much more graceful way. And it doesn't end up in anger. It doesn't end up in frustration. And it makes us feel a whole lot better. There's no doubt. The other side of this is that we often go on autopilot because there's so many things we have to get done in a day. That autopilot is not always looking after you. It tends to be an autopilot schedule that looks after everything else and everyone else. So I'm here to just ask you to check in with that autopilot, that unconscious pattern that you have, and look at whether it's actually serving you as a parent. Because it's that good old analogy, you got to look after yourself for you to really be able to look after everyone else. Otherwise, eventually, you're going to, you know, put your hand up and go, I've had it. It's enough. And that might unfold in an adult tantrum of some sort. And it's not always pretty. And the sad thing about it is that we often feel very guilty afterwards. We feel very guilty that we couldn't pull it together or that we lost the plot. That guilt could be avoided if you had put in place a few things that actually prioritizes you. A lot of these things are what I work with women in my clinic. I've trialed and errored this, you know, in my own life. I'm a busy mom too. And they're very fundamental. 
They're very basic things, so don't be too scared. Bear with me. Hang in there. The first thing I'm going to talk about is our blood sugar levels. So the fundamentals of our blood sugar levels really is that when you have a meal, you eat something, glucose, so sugar, is going to be released into the bloodstream. Insulin is going to come, whoop to do, pick it up and transport it into the cells for utilization. A very important thing that happens a billion times a day, more or less. <laughs> and then we feel satisfied, hopefully. So the cells have gotten the nutrients that they need and we will move on. And that's sort of what happens every time we eat something or drink something. There's this constant homeostasis, it's called, where the insulin comes and mops up all the glucose, puts it into the cells so that everything is nice and neat and everyone has what they need in regards to your cells. Now, if your blood sugar levels are fluctuating, if they're not being mopped up in a nice and graceful and calm manner, your mood is going to reflect exactly what's going on. So if they're up and down, swinging in roundabouts, and it's all a bit, you know, flooded with overly high blood sugar levels one moment, and then you're really lacking another moment, you're going to have these highs and lows in your emotional state, your mental state. And you can feel like you're a little bit mad. You can feel like you can't cope. So one moment you might feel very lethargic, and the next moment you might feel really highly agitated and reactive. And this can go up and down and up and down throughout the day. And quite frankly, it's a state of stress, it's exhausting, and it's not pretty. What we need for balanced blood sugar levels and essentially basic nourishment is regular meals. It sounds easy, but I see this so frequently that we tend to skip meals, we tend to have meals on the go, maybe eating in the car, maybe eating as we're, you know, running off somewhere, or Sometimes we just forget to have a meal because we don't have time. And when it comes to you and your health and your mental health, there is no such thing as not having time to feed you. And if you take anything away from this podcast episode, let it be that. You cannot compromise on your nourishment, on the importance of looking after yourself when it comes to basic needs as food. So. This is not always an easy thing, mind you, to have three well-balanced meals, sit down, chew your food, enjoy it, think about the food you're eating. I mean, these are the fundamental things that we are meant to do, but we don't really. And maybe we just do it, you know, 20% of the time, 40% of the time. But the body needs a lot more than that for you to be able to have that resilient, that grounded feeling that you are nourished. And then all the stuff that happens around you will kind of not be as important because you're not in this high reactive state or you're not in that state of feeling so lethargic that everything gets to you. It's a very rewarding feeling when you get the hang of this. So if you think about it, when you wake up in the morning after having had a wonderful night's sleep, <laughs> hopefully, you have been in a state of fasting because you haven't been eating for uh, several hours. So you wake up in a state of low blood sugar levels. So that's why we need breakfast to fill things back up and get all the nourishment into the cells so we can start the day in a, in a wonderful calm state, ideally. 
But it's not always that way, is it? When we have to get kids out the door, kids ready, you know, brush their teeth, yada, yada, yada. There's so many things. And if you're recognizing that you maybe be the one that have a quick bowl of wheat bix, which is high in sugar, not really that balanced of a meal, or if you just grab a coffee and run out the door, or if you just have a piece of toast with a bit of jam or Vegemite, that isn't going to cut it. What that picture really is, is that you go from low blood sugar levels to suddenly a high, you know, sugar meal that gets released into the bloodstream. The insulin goes, oh my goodness, sudden influx of glucose. Let me hurry up and wipe all this up. So it becomes a very reactive state rather than a graceful, calm, slow process that it really needs to be. So the body has to act very quickly to create that beautiful homeostasis, that equilibrium, that balance in the body and get the sugar very, very quickly into the cells so that it doesn't create inflammation and all kinds of other things. So then you'll go from that low state to the high glucose state and then to a low again. So that's why this picture isn't working for you. If you're just on the go and if it's just a basic little, you know, sugar hit, that's going to set you off from the beginning in an awful start, in an awful way. And what often happens after that is that you might have continuous cravings throughout the day. It might be that you need an extra coffee because you're running low and you're feeling a bit lethargic and over it and, oh, I can't deal with this. So you then grab a coffee to get a bit of adrenaline to get you going. Not ideal because then you create exactly the same picture again. And maybe lunch is a sandwich as you're driving the car somewhere and then you have the whole thing repeating itself. So I cannot tell you the importance of actually having a plan in place, having consciousness to this and go, wow, I actually do this. Now, what does it require to change it? It is important that we have some sort of idea of what breakfast is like as we wake up in the morning, what we're going to have for lunch and what dinner is going to look like. And ideally, when you have a family to have a week plan, The best thing you could do, because it's going to take the stress element out of the equation, because then you don't have to make things up on the go. That's when we make bad decisions. When we're hungry, tired, over it, then we tend to make the worst possible decisions for our health, at least. So what does it look like? It basically looks like you have to sit down, you have to look at your plate, see that there is an element of greenery, there's some vegetables there, ideally several different colors, aim for three different colors maybe as a start. Three different colors of vegetables that takes off half your plate. Then there has to be a portion of protein roughly the size of your palm, the palm of your hand. That could be an egg, could be some meat, it could be some nuts and seeds, it could be legumes whatever it is that you have for that meal. Then there has to be an element of natural fats. So maybe that's olive oil on the vegetables. Maybe it's the natural occurring oils in the protein element of the meal. Then there has to be some low GI carbohydrates, a little bit of carbohydrates to give you some sustainable energy. But when you look at the plate in that way and see, well, are all those elements on my plate? then you can rest assured that your body is getting what it needs and it's not going to create this high reactive state after you've eaten your meal. And then shortly after that, leave you hanging, leaving you with low blood sugar levels. It's going to sustain you for a couple of hours until the next meal. And that's the whole idea. The idea is that one meal takes us to the next and we feel sustained, supported, grounded in between. We don't need to constantly be grabbing something to be able to feel like we can handle the day. 
or cope with whatever tantrums is coming at us. So yeah, I would really encourage you to check in. What was your morning like? What have you done today? What did you do yesterday? How can you make sure that you are really honest with yourself and your habits? Because as soon as you start to be honest with yourself and recognize, well, I actually have a pattern. Maybe you're really good at breakfast and you actually have a nice, well-rounded breakfast with your family, but lunch kind of gets a little bit, you know, on the go. Sometimes you skip it because you don't have time or, you know, maybe dinner is just the leftovers of what the kids didn't eat. Just check in. Where is your little loophole? We all have one and that's all right, but we can do so much good by acknowledging it and then we can tweak it. But aiming for three well-balanced meals, have a plan in place, maybe just do a three-day plan so you know sort of somewhat what's happening the next three days. It really helps take the edge off because then you can do the shopping in advance, maybe prep some of the meals. One of my favorite things is to have some boiled eggs ready in the fridge and you can bring it with you. So if you know you're suddenly running late or, oh, it's actually been four hours since I ate last, then you could eat the egg. Uh, You could have some nuts and seeds in your bag. You could have some apple in your bag. You can have a few things with you that's going to sustain you and pull you through to the next meal if you're on the go. Because I know life is not going to be perfect. The schedule is never going to be as you plan it probably. So just help yourself a buffer for these little loopholes and make sure that you don't run on that low blood sugar levels because what you're then running on is basically nothing and high adrenaline. And when we're in an adrenaline state, we're in a fight and flight state. And that means you're going to be yelling at the traffic. You're going to be, you know, snapping at the children. You're probably going to be snapping at yourself. And the thoughts and the the things you say to yourself in your head are not going to be pretty. And all of that can be avoided if you nourish yourself from the beginning. A lovely little trick that I love to utilize is because I'm such a fan of herbs, being a herbalist. A wonderful herb to have in your cupboard, which you probably already have, is cinnamon. Cinnamon is a beautiful herb to utilize daily, if you like, but frequently in your meals. Because cinnamon is not only a warming, nurturing herb, it also has a side effect of actually helping to balance our blood sugar levels. It helps that whole scenario that I told you earlier of how the insulin mops up the glucose into the cells. It has a beautiful affinity with that. So adding some cinnamon to your meals, maybe to your smoothie, maybe to some yogurt as a snack, adding it to your morning porridge. It's beautiful to add. It adds an element of pleasant taste as well, if you like it, that is. And also it just helps, you know, improve all this sort of the very irrational picture of irregular blood sugar levels. So utilizing cinnamon a little bit more, I think would be highly beneficial. The number two on my list is your digestion. And the reason that is on my list is because digestion dictates almost everything when it comes to our health. So this will not be the first or the last time that I bring up digestion. However, when it comes to this, you know, sensation of looking after yourself, feeling resilient, feeling balanced, if our digestion is out of whack, it's going to have a direct effect on how you're feeling. If you're constipated, for example, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Constipation can lead to all kinds of things, but we often feel really clogged up, uncomfortable. We then feel like we can't eat because it's all building up inside. We might get headaches. We might get skin rashes or acne. Like we, there are, It really affects us. And also if you get things like reflux, if things are going on on a digestive level that feels uncomfortable, 
it's going to directly impact that whole, you know, the way you eat. And then you may not prioritize eating because there's something about it that makes you feel uncomfortable. So of course I have to bring up digestion. Some fundamentals when it comes to digestion that everyone really has to look at, and this is where you can start right now after this podcast, is essentially what do we need to do to have and look after our healthy digestion to support the natural rhythm of digesting our food and really the ripple effect of that is the absorption of our food. So what we need to do is we need to chew our food slowly. So that means not just throwing it down the neck and then running out the door. We need to incorporate bitter food into our diet. Bitter foods such as or pungent foods such as rocket, chicory is one of my favorite ones. Simple things like apple cider vinegar in your salad dressing or in a little bit of water in the morning to just wake your system up. Having lemon in your water or again, put it on your food. Sauerkraut, fermented foods, yogurt, all those sort of types of bitterness help stimulate digestion. And what that means is that your enzymes, the enzymes in your digestion that helps break down your food and absorb the nutrients, they get woken up. It's like a little, you know, wake up call and say, oh, right, there's food coming. Make sure that there is that bitterness on the tongue. So it sends a signal to the brain and whoop to do the whole system starts to kick into gear. So making sure that there is a bit of bitterness in there is really important. And we very often don't because we tend to navigate more towards the sweeter, savory, salty type situations. But we cannot forget about the bitterness. And that is very important. So that should be part of every single meal. So if we're focusing on three well-balanced meals, again, you need to then look, okay, where is the bitterness on my plate? It could just be, you know, lemon and water as you're drinking some water with your meal. Or it could be the water that, you know, you have with you in your bag. Put a little bit of lemon in there. So it can be very, very simple and doable. We just tend to forget. Another really important element is fiber. And I know you know, this is no news to anyone I know, but we tend to be a little bit slack when it comes to this. We need fiber. And the most important fiber that we need for digestion is essentially the vegetable fibers. So the fiber is, you know, when you're having leafy greens, when you're having root vegetables, all the different types of fibers, there's not just one type, but we need a combination. And that's why I'm asking you to have several types of colorful vegetables on your plate. So that will be the foundation that is going to cover all grounds. Fiber not only acts as a bit of a broom in the body, it sort of cleans things out, it helps the bowel movements, but it also helps to build up a healthy gut environment. It looks after our gut microbiome. And I'll be talking much more about the microbiome in future podcasts. But for the minute, I just want you to think of the fiber from the vegetables as what helps to inoculate your gut with a healthy and luscious environment, basically. And it also helps push things through and keep you nice and regular. So we need to have those vegetables every single day. They have to be with each meal throughout the day. So that's three times a day. Another wonderful thing I love is slippery on bark powder. And I do consider this a food because it's natural, but you can buy it in simple bags or in tablet form even. But I prefer the powdered form that you, you know, get in a bag. You can get it from your health food shop. You can get it from some pharmacies and some supermarkets as well. It's quite available and it's really inexpensive. Slippery on bark powder is a natural fiber, but it's also a prebiotic. So what it does is it feeds the good bacteria in our gut, you know, the little happy 
bacteria that helps keep our digestive tract healthy, they feed and get nurtured from these fibers. So the slippery on bark powder, for example. So if you feel like you're already in a place of things are not going quite well in my digestive system, slippery on bark powder is your new best friend. Keep it in the cupboard and a good place to start would be half a teaspoon, mix it into some water, a large glass of water because it is a fiber. So you need to make sure you're well hydrated and then you drink that and that should help push things through your system and also be looking after the integrity of your bacteria in your digestive tract. Then I also want to just go back to that unconscious, you know, part of you, that one that tends to prioritize or prefer a type of food. When it comes to digestion and looking after that whole system, we need diversity. We need to have different elements and we need to mix it up. So if we tend to just be on the go, eating unconsciously, then we often tend to rely on similar foods or the same types of foods. And often they are, you know, high carbohydrate foods. You know, what might be, you know, the morning breakfast of wheat bix It might be a muffin and a coffee at midday. It might be a sandwich for lunch and it might be spaghetti bolognese for dinner with the kids. And then suddenly we have a very one-sided picture. So maybe just have a little check-in and see if this is something you resonate with. It doesn't have to be necessarily wheat and gluten. It could be something else that you tend to rely on that makes you feel comfortable. It does the job for the moment and it keeps you going. But it's certainly not looking after that really important, that in-depth resilience that I'm really talking about here. And by no means is gluten always going to be a bad guy. It's just that we tend to rely very much on gluten and wheat to feel satisfied. And it works wonders that way, but it doesn't really keep that sustainability. It doesn't keep you balanced. It creates very much a high and low blood sugar picture. And when it comes to diversity in your digestive system and providing enough fiber and nutrients, It's just not going to cut it. So that's why we need to, again, go back to the plate, look at it. Is it really composed of all those different things that I mentioned earlier? So looking after your blood sugar levels and your digestion is the two most basic and most fundamental elements that you need to have a look at. Be honest with yourself, be honest with your partner maybe, and maybe find out how you can improve it. Typically, there are a few areas that can be improved. And maybe it's just starting by planning out three days in advance. You know what you're having, well-balanced meals and check in, is there enough fiber? Am I hydrated enough? And if you need extra support, maybe add in the slippery on back powder and things like that. So you can actually start very simple and basics. These are not major changes, but they are very conscious changes that has to be implemented every single day so that they become an unconscious habit. That's really the ideal is that you should not be really spending too much time on this or thinking about it. But if you're in a state where you're not thinking about it and you're not nourishing yourself, it feeds this whole picture of not coping very well with the enormous job of being a mom. So going back, have a look at those two elements. Can you start there and improve those two? I guarantee you that once you get this down right down pat and you feel this sensation of wow I actually feel full I feel nourished I don't feel like I'm constantly hanging on for the next snack it makes a big difference to your emotional state 
And that will naturally have a ripple effect on how you're dealing with your children and your family and the rest of the world around you. (laughs) Now, the next thing I want to talk about is something that I think all parents, we all lack this, and this is me time. And it goes with the job. It goes with, you know, giving birth and whoop to do. We have children in our hands and then me time becomes something that's lowest on the list of things. But if you're going to look after yourself, this has to be incorporated as well. And I'm not talking necessarily large amounts of times to start with. Maybe it's just at the moment, you don't take any time from me time. And that is then when you have to say, okay, I start with 15 minutes. You start with 15 minutes, maybe every two days to do something that really makes you happy. And what my perfect little recipe for me time is, that you have time alone, ideally. So just you, you're not a mom, you're not a wife, you're not a partner, you're not everything else. You take all those hats off, leave them at home and just get out into nature. Or even if it's just walking around the block for 15 minutes, go for a walk, just be you. And ideally do something that you enjoy. So maybe it's listening to music, maybe it's listening to a podcast, (laughs) maybe it's sitting down on the grass in a park, doing a bit of drawing or painting for 15, 20 minutes, reading a book, writing a book, who knows? It could be many different things, but tapping into what it is that makes you really happy and makes you tick. If you can incorporate small amounts of this to start with, It will fill up your little love cup for yourself and you'll feel much more resilient. You'll feel much more loved. And when you have more love for yourself, you'll be able to give it to others. That's the whole point. My favorite way of doing this, because it is a huge challenge for all of us and I get it, it's a challenge for me. My favorite way of doing this is to get up 15 minutes earlier in the morning before the house wakes up. And sometimes I try to do even an hour earlier than anyone else. It depends on how things are going but at least I find the mornings the most easy way to do this is that I wake up before everyone else and I do whatever it is that I need to do to look after myself maybe it's exercising maybe it's just sitting in nature maybe it's just having a cup of tea for myself for a moment whatever it may be it could be so many different things and maybe you don't start with every day maybe you start with every couple of days you schedule it in you make an agreement with your partner or maybe you ask your neighbor to look after your children in the afternoon for 15 20 minutes whatever it could be there are many different ways but if it's not implemented if it's not planned it ain't gonna happen and then of course there is sleep and sleep is One of the biggest topics when it comes to parents, when it comes to becoming a mum, sleep is something that is also extraordinarily compromised. And everything is harder when we don't feel rested. There is no doubt about it. What I want to talk about in regards to sleep, it is essentially how you deal with it in the evening, your nighttime routine, your evening routine. After the kids have been put to bed, what happens? Because what we tend to do is, because we're in a state of feeling tired, feeling drained, exhausted. We tend to just succumb to the couch and watch something on the telly. Maybe we go onto social media just because we need to switch off. We need to not think, we need to not feed someone, give snacks to people all the time, not listen to noise requests. Suddenly we can just switch off and it's our time. And yes, we sometimes call this me time, But in my opinion, it doesn't really qualify as me time because slumping on the couch, tuning into 
a TV program, although it might be your favorite or social media, it's not really going to nourish you. It's going to just be a level of just giving into that exhaustion that you're feeling. So what I want to talk about is, yes, your children may wake you up during the night. They may wake up very early. So we can't really change that. That's not so easy. It's not the easiest aspect to deal with. But what you can deal with with is how you're dealing with your evening. And what I'm talking about is, is that we tend to see the evening as, as I said, as this me time. So we stretch it out a little bit. You know, we might sit on the couch till 10, 11, 12 o'clock maybe, because that's the only time we have to ourselves. But what it actually does is it takes away from the rest that your body really needs. And when you feel rested, I try and remember back to that once upon a time when you actually felt well rested, how that felt like. You probably felt like a million dollars compared to now. So what is so important about sleep hygiene or sleep routine is that we get to bed at an early time hour so that we get some sleep on the other end because we can't change the way our children they're unpredictable they're going to wake up at all kinds of random hours but what you can do is to go to bed early and I know this will tap into that time that you consider me time but I'm asking you to switch that over potentially to another time during the day so that what we need to aim for is to be in bed by 9 nine thirty, and that might sound crazy to some of you but the truth is if you can get sleep in and be asleep by 10 p.m., you're going to feel so much better than if you go to bed at 11 or 10.30 even. It makes a big difference. So you could experiment with this for a couple of, maybe you do it this week or next week, try and experiment with this idea of going to bed a little bit earlier. So maybe if you're someone who goes to bed at 11 p.m., don't try and go to bed at nine o'clock tomorrow because that might feel too extreme. So maybe just cutting it back 15, 20 minutes. So you try and go to bed, you know, 15 minutes earlier for a couple of nights and then see how that goes and then cut it back again another 15 minutes. So then slowly, slowly you move that bedtime back so that you can aim towards being asleep by 10 o'clock. It's a huge difference because sleep is where the body gets to be in a deep restful state. It gets to be in a place where it can do all the repair work in your body and all the little cells gets to rest and do all the repairing that it needs to do for you to be ready to rumble the next day. Some beautiful things to do to start this off could be to make yourself a nice herbal tea. I love chamomile tea for this, but any tea really that you love and enjoy that isn't caffeinated will do. I love when I feel really highly strong or I've I've had a really stressful day or I find myself, yeah, just a little bit too wired to go to bed. I love making a really strong cup of chamomile tea, which is essentially three bags of chamomile tea to one cup of tea. So I make it really strong to get some effect. And that really takes the edge off. It makes me a little bit more grounded. Take a shower or a quick bath. It doesn't have to be very long. You don't have to, you know, have a whole spa session. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you to just wash the day off, warm your body up, get comfortable and turn off your devices. So no computer, no mobile phone, all those different things. Turn it off and just enjoy the silence or maybe read a book. Do something that allows you to just switch off and be present and notice how you're feeling. And then slowly getting more and more tired. So you'll enter sleep in a calm state rather than going from watching TV or being on Facebook to then hitting the pillow. Your nervous system needs a little bit of time to catch up. If we just go from 
TV and Facebook to hitting the pillow, your nervous system is still at a heightened state and your sleep won't be as deep and restful as it could be. So that's the importance of that, of creating the sleep to actually be beneficial for you and do what it needs to do. If you fall asleep, still being on a high when it comes to your nervous system, then you may wake up during the night because the nervous system hasn't calmed down properly. Another great thing to do is to have a little protein snack before bed to just give your blood sugar levels. If you have had these highs and lows that I've talked about, if they have been prominent during the day, you're, you can have a delayed reaction in the nervous system throughout the night where your body still does that and still acts in those highs and lows. And again, it's not going to be as restful and you're not going to feel as rested in the morning, basically. So if you give your body that time to calm down and a little protein snack before bed, you're giving it what it needs to create a wonderful, beautiful, restful sleep. And that's really what I want for you. So try it out and maybe just go gradually. So you try and slowly cut it back so you can get to bed earlier and earlier. Now I'm going to share with you a little quote from a book I read by Laura Markham. And if you're not familiar with Laura Markham, she's a psychologist, I believe. And she has a beautiful website called ahaparenting.com. And in her one of her books, she has a quote that says, when you're feeling really good, you can be emotionally generous. And I feel that that really encompassed this whole philosophy that I'm talking about, you feeling resilient, supported, and nourished. If you're feeling really good, you can be emotionally generous. And that is the essence of what we want to feel as mothers. We want to be able to give the one million extra hugs a day, the kisses, the extra band-aid on the knee, the endless love and cuddles. But we are only human and we are not able to do this if we're not feeling really good inside. And that's not only on an emotional state, but it's also on a physical, nutritional state. But it all ties in together. It's one beautiful, harmonious dance. And that's why there are so many elements to this. Um, but the foundation, in my opinion, being a nutritionist, is of course that we need to get the food right. But on top of that, goes the emotional state. And I think that when we feel compromised, when we feel exhausted and fed up, then we tend to do things that we then feel guilty about. So if you yelled at your children yesterday or this morning or last night, you will then have a feeling afterwards of feeling guilty. And that guilt is another element that bottles up inside. And we tend to not share it because guilt is something we tend to package up very neat and nicely inside and not share with anyone. Guilt is extraordinarily ugly and unhealthy. So what I want to add to this in today's talk about resilience is to actually share that guilt that we tend to bottle up. A very dear friend of mine said to me recently, or maybe it's a couple of months ago, but she said to me, um, we were talking about something and she asked me, so how did that thing go, by the way? And I said, wow, yeah, that actually, I had a lot of shame about that afterwards and I haven't, I didn't tell you, I didn't share that with you. And she said, please, Anna Maria, will you just remember to bring something up that is causing you shame inside because you know we create monsters out of shame. And my God, is it a wonderful reminder we all know this properly. We probably know that just because we lost the plot in the car, because we snapped at our partner or our neighbor, or we yelled at our children or whatever it may be, we're not bad people. 
I think we all can rationalize that and agree upon that, but we have this ability to go, oh, I did the wrong thing again, or I'm a bad parent, or now I messed up my children. They're going to think that they're bad, or they're going to believe the words that I said, or whatever it may be. And then we bottle it up and we try to never go back there. We close the door, we lock the 17 locks on that feeling and never go back there. So what I want to share is that on top of all these other things, to help you feel really good so you can be emotionally generous, we must unlock all those locks, unwrap that feeling of shame and share it. Even if it's the most trivial things, chances are you have a loved one in your close circles or someone that will totally understand. And maybe you can laugh it off. You don't always have to have a solution to these feelings inside, but just airing them, just sharing them and speaking them is enough for them to evaporate. So I consider this equally as important as that balance plate that I talked about earlier. So making sure that you're eating the right foods at the right times, enjoying them is equally as important as sharing how you're feeling. And that can be on a weekly basis. And maybe there was three things that happened this week that really has been bothering you, but you choose not to share it because you don't want to burden anyone else. It might be a bit trivial. You might be really ashamed of what you did, but the truth is it is probably worth sharing. And I just want to give you my permission, if anything, to find someone that you can speak with about the small things, because it is so important. And if we have all those bottled up feelings, it will have a very unconscious, on a very deep level, it'll affect how you eat, how you absorb your food. And it isn't something that can go unnoticed, in my opinion. So as I said, they're equally important. And you never have to be perfect. Don't aim for perfection. Don't aim to be good enough. Don't aim for any of those things because you will then fail and it'll be another layer on top of another layer. But what I want you to do is to maybe, you know, go back and see if you can implement a few of these things. Maybe it's one thing that you implement every week. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to plan my meals for this week. And then next week you start to incorporate the sleep routine. Just take it bit by bit because the slower you do it, the more conscious you are around these habits, the more solid they become and the easier it gets to sustain them. And that's really the long-term trick for long-term health and for long-term happiness, which is what I want for you. So just remember, when you're feeling really good, you can be emotionally generous. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions or topics that you would like me to speak about, I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via my website, anamaria.com.au. And remember to subscribe so that you get each new episode as they become available. I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to write Mumsbyer a review on iTunes. And you can support us even further by making a donation on anamaria.com.au forward slash mumsbyer. Lastly, I want to say a big thank you to our Danish friend Jesper Huff for making our very own Mumspire jingle. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, take care of yourself and your loved ones. <laughs>